The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is your Week 16 serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups. We've got a lot to talk about with Steve Alexander. Before we get to that, though, just a few quick updates on some of the priority pickups we talk about on this episode. Jalen Brunson, after a rough Friday night, bounced back in a big way on Saturday night against the Hawks. 27 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists, as J.J. Barea somewhat predictably was a DNP in that game after his strong line on Friday. So Brunson, as we discussed on this episode, a big-time pickup right now with Luka Doncic out. Kevin Porter Jr. had another strong game, 19 points, three three-pointers, six for six from the free-throw line on Saturday. So he is available in a ton of leagues. Another guy in a similar situation is Damian Lee. He had 18 points, four rebounds, two threes on 8 of 11 shooting on Saturday night. He got dropped in a lot of leagues. We talk about him on this episode, so go get him if he's out there as he's trending back up. One other guy we talk about who did not exactly deliver, Dwayne Dedman. He sat out with the flu on Saturday night. However, he's still in a solid position to potentially put up some numbers here in the near future once he is back on the court. So Dedman's still on the radar, even after a disappointing Saturday night. That's it for the updates. Let's get to the Week 16 waiver wire conversation with Dr. A. All right, Steve, obviously, and I, I feel, you know, I feel kind of bad bringing this up, uh, but as you may know, Luka Doncic hurt his ankle, and he's going to be out a, a hot minute here. Uh, let's start there, because Jalen Brunson was really good the last time Luka was out for basically five games. Brunson averaged nearly 15 points, five boards, nine assists, and 1.63s over that five-game stretch. He totally flopped on Friday before another chance against the Hawks on Saturday, and still only rostered as we're recording in 14% of leagues, I think that Friday flop might've helped to keep the numbers down. To me, it feels like this is a, a no doubt pickup right now. Yeah, man. I don't know because the weird thing about Friday's flop, if you want to call it that is Jalen Brunson didn't even start that game. He played 20 minutes, uh, had seven points and three assists. Meanwhile, JJ Barea played one more minute and had 11 points and nine assists. So that was kind of a wake-up call for some of us. Like, I don't know why 49-year-old J.J. Barea is starting <laughs> over Jalen Brunson. I don't know if they're going to keep going in that direction, but that's what's what they did uh, as we taped this the last time they played yeah. Barea was starting. So here's the deal. Now, you, you call Derek Favors 40-something all the time. J.J. Barea actually is old. He's 35. <laughs> so and it, it seems like the Mavs kind of periodically thaw him out and just and roll him out there. I mean, he doesn't play every game. So I still am betting on Brunson, I think, to be the guy while Luka's out. And I agree. I think if I was going to bet on one of these guys, it would be Brunson. But I'm a little nervous. I'm a little okay. nervous about this J.J.B. thing. I'm I'm really not, but like here, let me just let me just pull this up since we're here. Yeah, I mean, so that game on Friday was only the third game he's played in January. So 
I just think periodically he uh, he surfaces and uh, he definitely when he plays he can still put up numbers and definitely put a dent in Brunson's value. But again, I, I'm betting on Brunson here rather than the almost 36 year old Berea in the long run. And I say long run because Luca we know is out for at least five more games. Five more games at least. So there's also of course Seth Curry. He had 16 points four dimes with two threes on Friday and he had a couple of 20 plus point games the last time Luca was out so he is worth consideration as well but a little bit less excitement there and then Kristaps Porzingis went crazy 35 and 12 boards two steals and a block and a three so uh I think he probably is going to thrive with Luca out of the way yeah, I mean, he sat out on Saturday against the Hawks, the back-to-back, but I agree. I mean, obviously, Porzingis, when he's on the court with Luke out, it should be a monster. So let's look at another guy who I think is probably on waivers in a lot of leagues, even though his roster percentage is in the 30s in Yahoo leagues, Dwayne Dedman. I think he probably got drafted in a bunch of leagues based on what he did last season and then kind of didn't get dropped. But in active leagues, I think he was on the waiver wire. And he had a big game on Thursday, 11 points, 11 boards, 4 steals, and 3 blocks. They played again on Saturday against the Lakers. What are your thoughts on Deadman as a guy with some potential value in the near future as Marvin Bagley continues to be sidelined? <laughs> Marvin Bagley, disaster. Oh, disaster. It's just been terrible. Um, you know what? I, I'm i still in shock that Dwayne Deadman has risen because – he got mad at the Kings, and the Kings got mad at him, and he was out of the rotation, and things just weren't looking good for him at all. And now they're trying to trade him, I guess, so they're kind of showcasing him. Plus, Begley's always hurt. Rashawn Holmes is hurt. Right. So with, with the two big guys hurt, Dwayne Dedman has suddenly become a thing. Uh, played 31 minutes, like you said, on Thursday. Had a double-double with all those steals and all those blocks. I mean, it, it's hard to ignore that stat line and as long as Rashawn Holmes remains out with that shoulder I think Deadman's a guy you want to play can I ask a question yes what are the Kings doing what is what are the Kings doing what they signed Deadman to a, a reasonably large deal and then they just didn't play him I mean the guy's a good player what are you doing you know I, I this I find this I found the situation very annoying and just didn't make sense to me and never has you know maybe no, like maybe I, I mean I the Kings and the Knicks, it's something about teams that start with the letter K, I guess, because I can't figure out anything that either one of those teams is doing really for like the last 20, 20 years. I mean, I don't usually throw up my hands at, at moves like this, I, but this one really just hits me the wrong way, I think, partially because I'm a Hawks fan and like Deadman was a nice piece for the Hawks to have. I wish he was on the Hawks right now. I, would, I wouldn't actually mind for them to reacquire him in a trade, which I think is within the realm of possibility. But it's like King signed this dude away to big money deal and then just don't use him. I don't get it. And he, clearly he's still got whatever they saw in him when they signed him. Sorry, I'm done. I, I, this is pointless, but I just had to, had to vent for a second. Well, and also what, what we're talking about the Kings, I think Bogdan Bogdanovich is probably available in some leagues, and he's he's now in the starting lineup over Buddy Heald, which which I like. I think he's going to finish strong. Okay, Buddy Heald not being in the starting lineup is a whole is a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> what are they oh, doing? S- Sacramento. We may need to talk about Sacramento on the Wednesday episode this week. All right, file that away. Daniel House, Steve, our guy. He had that monster game when Westbrook and Harden were out, right? I think like 21 points, 11 boards. 
Then he had another big game, uh, 14 points, three boards, two steals, two blocks, and four threes in 38 minutes. I guess he benefited there from Clint Capella being out, but obviously they played totally different positions. So, I mean, I feel like my fingers are crossed a little bit that maybe House is reemerging and we should be adding him again, 18% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Yeah, I mean, I, I added him in a bunch of leagues because of his schedule with Houston playing four this week and four last week, I think. So I've, I've got a lot of house, and I feel like that big game when all the other guys were out finally got him back in a groove. Like, he, he's feeling it again. He's hitting threes. He's blocking shots. He's stealing. I'm all about house right now, especially with this Capella injury. You know, they're not going to play him again until he's – pain-free and, and, and healthy. So I, I don't know how why that directly impacts House so much, but it, it looks like it does. Yeah, and I mean, the jersey is definitely back on the table for me. For a minute there, I was wavering whether I would even want a Daniel House jersey <laughs> when he was struggling, but now I'm back. So I like that. So anyways, this leads us to the next little section of our waiver conversation here. A few more names we're going to talk about. I wrote about, in Round Ball Stew, I attempted to find... 20 players rostered in 20% of leagues or less. And House was a guy I almost included in that conversation. I regret not doing it. Uh, So he was a notable omission. But let's talk about a few of the other players who are in this discussion. For me, one of the names at the top of the list, Steve, is Jarrett Culver. 17% rostered. He has hit an ugly slump. As you have reminded us multiple times, the, the Timberwolves are in an awful stretch of their schedule. I think after this week where they have two games, they go 3-2-2 in the next three weeks. But my optimism for Culver is, you know, he's been struggling, but we're not that far removed from him putting up some really nice counting stats. And I just feel like if you can weather this stretch of the schedule, I think on the tail end of that, you might have a a rookie who's ready to put up some really nice numbers for the stretch run. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know, man. In this last, these last five games have been really brutal. Um, Seven or less points, seven or fewer points in all those. And it's, it's mainly because of this Shabazz Napier fellow uh, that they're starting and giving so many minutes to that. It's, it's really um, weighing on Culver, I guess. Culver starts too, but Napier is the guy getting all the getting all the bread. So I I still think there's a chance that Minnesota will wake up and realize that they've got to let these kids play and and Culver's one of them. Like he needs to he needs to play. So right now I'm a little scared of him, but I I think you're right. By the end of the season, I think he's going to be rolling and he's going to be one of those guys that'll be owned a lot more than he is right now by by the time uh you know, All-Star break rolls around. Yeah, for just a little more context, I, I picked him up recently in our Roto World League, which is a really deep 12-team league where good players don't pop up very often. So that's kind of the context where I would be stashing away Culver. Uh, and during the slump, as I wrote in Round Ball Stew, still has been averaging 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, and 1.23s. He just hasn't been scoring. So, you know, he's got that fantasy-friendly game other than his free throw shooting, and I think he can turn it around. Another dude, this is, I guess, a similar theme. Damian Lee had been in an awful stretch of single-digit scoring games, but he broke out on Thursday to some extent, snapped that single-digit drought with 11.7 boards, a couple of assists, a steal, and a three in 32 minutes. This is another guy who not that long ago was putting up really good numbers. He has... Uh, he's still playing. You know, he's been on the court throughout this slump. It's not like his minutes have dropped a lot. So I think he's another guy, 12% rostered, who 
you should go pick back up if your league is competitive enough that you know guys with some upside do not pop up very often. Yeah, that, the thing with Golden State, uh, it's kind of tricky to figure out which one of these guys is going to have a good night from night to night. Like Damian Lee, Glenn Robinson, Marquise Chris, Omari Spellman, Eric Paschal, Alec Burks, like all of those guys, and even Ed, Evans and Poole. Like all those guys are capable of having a big night. And trying to figure out which one's going to do it on which night is really hard. But you know, Lee Lee usually starts. He he gets over thirty minutes a game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm good with Lee, especially if they have like a four game week. Kevin Porter Jr. When I wrote Round Balls Two, was only six percent rostered. I think that may still be the case as we record this, Steve. Over the weekend, the nineteen year old had a couple notably good games recently. I think a twenty one point game with five threes. What do you think of Kevin Porter Jr.? Uh, pretty good shooter for a rookie. He's he's shot you know in the high forties for a while now since he started getting more playing time. Do you think this kid is going to be someone who's going to be putting up stellar numbers for us the last couple months? I do. I, I'm I'm kind of all in on Kevin Porter. Like if he was all available, in. okay. If he was available in any of my leagues, I picked him up. After he had that big game, what did he do? He had a um, didn't he have a twenty point game? He had uh, twenty one with five threes in his second game back, I believe. Yes. After that game, I was like, "This is it. He's here." And the the thing is, the um, Cleveland Cavaliers are so bad. Um, this is true. This is confirmed. And eventually Kevin Love's going to get traded. So so guys like Larry Nance and Porter, I just think are must-owned players. I think Porter's going to be one of those guys that's like running circles around people by the, you know, the silly season, March, month of March, he's going to go off. Uh, who else did I want to talk about here from this list of mine? I mean, there's, there's 20 names. We're not going to get into all these guys. <laughs> I think I wanted to... Yeah, not a lot more I want to get to. I do want to talk briefly about Daniel Gafford and maybe a couple other bulls, but let's start with Gafford. He was just 3% rostered, getting close to a return from a thumb injury that has held him out. Obviously, the bulls' front court is pretty decimated. Now, the interesting part of this is that Luke Cornett, who we all thought about picking up while Gafford was out, has now been picking up his play as Gafford gets close to a return. Do you think these two are just going to crush each other's value, or, or do you think... I mean, I, I think I would still bet on Gafford, who has just been a monster in blocks on a per 36-minute basis. Yeah, I don't know. Cornette, right around the time we were all ready to give up on him and drop him, he suddenly emerged as something. Uh, <laughs> right. And, you know, last game, as of this taping, he had 19 points with two threes, a steal, and a block. I do like Gafford's ability to block shots. I was all in on Gafford uh, until he got hurt. But now it feels like this Cornette and Gafford is, is going to be a, a timeshare. Felicio is also in there, which adds another another wrench to the equation. But, um, you know, if I had to rank those guys, I, I Felicio would be last. I, I think Cornette and Gafford are probably about tied. Like, you, you could pick up either one of them and then see what happens. But yeah. uh, And you I, can I pick up either one of them because they're rostered in – Three and five percent of leagues, respectively, as we tape this. So, yes. yeah, again, Gafford has been nearly four blocks per thirty-six minutes. So, I think that's the the avenue I would go. But Cornette has a really fantasy-friendly game too. So, I think one of these guys, possibly both, have a chance to be assets in at least deeper leagues. Well, I would be remiss if we did not talk about Chicago's 
uh, horrendous, horrific <sighs> schedule. Please it do is, tell. It is awful. Chicago. So they owe two games next week when every other team plays three or four. All-Star week when everybody plays two except for like six teams. They only play one game. Now there is a little bit of good news for week 18. They play three when everybody else plays one or two. But then the following week again they have another two-game week when everybody plays three or four. So three out of their four next weeks, are they have the worst schedule in the league. So the hmm. bowls are pretty rough right now. That is rough. And when you factor in that Wendell Carter Jr. and Lowry Markinen both could be back toward the end of that window, uh, suddenly suddenly our Cornette and our Gafford are looking are losing a little steam. Yeah, it's I mean that one week that for the three game week of week eighteen, like I'm all in on all those guys because they play more games than everybody else. But those okay. those other three weeks uh are really rough. Really rough. All right, well, there's a few other names. Well, there's a lot more names in the column, but you know, a few I'm remain excited about DeAnthony Melton as a second-half stash. DeAnthony Melton I, I has not really caught my eye yet. I know that you and Jonas and some of the other guys are, are pretty fired up about him. I do think he's an intriguing stash where he would be able to maybe help you at some point down the line. But um, I have yet to see him do anything that makes me want to Put him on a roster and, and put him in my lineup. So I have not messed with Melton yet, but but I'm well, keeping an eye on him. Here's the deal with Melton, okay? And I wrote about I wrote this in Round Balls too. His per thirty six minute numbers: sixteen points, seven and a half boards, six assists, two point six steals, zero point seven blocks, and one point one threes. I mean, you talk about just a a, a freak, a stat stuffing freak. <laughs> and like in twenty minutes a game, he has actually had. I'm going to tell you, he has, he is inside the top 100 in 20 minutes a game. Um, well, that was a lie. That was just not a true statement. I just made a very untrue statement. Um, I think he – oh, you know what? It's the last 15 games or so he has been. Okay. So he's been pretty good lately, uh, even though he only plays about half the game. You know, gets a lot of steals, doesn't turn it over. I love him. I, you know, I get why Memphis hasn't turned him loose yet, and I get why it might not happen. But it would be a lot of fun if it did happen. What would be a lot of fun is to see the Anthony Melton play on a team that does not include John Morant. Yes, yes, that would also <laughs> that would also be good, man. Memphis has a, Memphis is do, is building something, man. I, I like I really they like really that. are, man. And I, I, really I like love that squad. I love Dylan Brooks too, man. I've been a I've been a Dylan Brooks guy all year. You know what? I, yeah, I think Dylan Brooks is kind of a guy that we are all assuming would just fade away after a hot start and. You know, good for him, man. He's he's been playing really well and is is a pretty useful fantasy player. Yeah, and and if he scores twenty, the Grizzlies win. And that's <laughs> the other thing about the Grizzlies, man. They're, I mean, they're they're they've got a five hundred record almost. They're I don't think anybody's going to want to play them uh, in the playoffs. No, no, they're legit. Uh, this Morant kid is is uh, got a future. He's special. All right, that about does it for us, Steve. Thanks, man. Is that it? We're gone? I think so. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. It's been fun. We'll see you on, uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. Yes, we will. All right, that does it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We'll be back on Wednesday with the Whip Around episode. Going to talk a little Sacramento Kings as promised and some other assorted topics as always. 
Thank you once again to Dr. A. Thanks to all of you for listening. We'll see you on Wednesday. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.